I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 12.51 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. If I'm honest, I'm not a... This topic of conversation is hard for me. I, over the past number of years, have been incredibly supportive of much of the legislation which has found a signature and support in the White House. There are... There are events and there are movements and actions that have originated from the White House, the Trump White House, that have been met with my support and my applause. And uh, I am also one that finds a, a great deal of discomfort in the tone sometimes of what we hear on Twitter and in the conversations between the president and others. Uh, but this past weekend, the January 2nd call between the president and the Secretary of State uh, of Georgia, of the state of Georgia, was uh, may, maybe well, with the exception of, with the exception of that uh, that first presidential debate, uh, something that left me uh, the next morning uh, in, in just a, a blue mood. Uh, and it was not just the the president's actions, but also what it means for the rest of us. First off, you and I, on a day where we ought to be spending our time celebrating the peaceful transfer of power here in the state of Utah to Utah's 18th governor, Spencer Cox, and the historic events which took place in Tuacon here uh, for the first time, the, prece- or the, the ceremony taking place outside of Salt Lake City. Today ought to be focused on that, and yet it is you and I are deconstructing uh, an hour-long phone call between the president and a elected state official. It's unfortunate. I characterize it as two pictures of American politics being painted. And for the picture which is being painted here in the state of Utah, one of respecting the process, upholding the process, It takes two to tango. It is both uh, the victor and the runners-up who need to respect the results. That's not what we're seeing in Washington, D.C. It is what we are seeing here in the state of Utah. And so as I am always looking for what lessons can the rest of this nation learn from the way we do things here in the state of Utah, I couldn't help but remember that, that ad which aired a public service announcement of sorts where uh, then-dueling candidates Chris Peterson and Spencer Cox stood side-by-side in a soundstage, socially distanced, of course, uh, talking about uh, civility and unity and how differences of opinion can exist and must exist. That was a theme in Spencer Cox's uh, inaugural address, and we'll hear excerpts of that later on. Differences of opinion can and must exist. In fact, if you remember last Thursday before I signed off for the year, I walked through some of the highlights of 2020, specifically here in Utah. And it was that coming together of the two opposing candidates, right? The Democrats nominee for governor and the Republican nominee for governor. It doesn't get much more high stakes than that. 
and yet they were able to come together. I talked about that coming together, and the filming of that PSA is one of the highlights here in the state of Utah in 2020. I'm Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. But today we've come together with a message more important than our differences. That we will fully support the results of the presidential election. We've heard from Spencer Cox throughout the morning during the inaugural events. We'll hear some excerpts of his remarks along with those of now Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson later on in the program. Uh, But joining me now, before we get on to that, is Chris Peterson. The runner-up. Mr. Peterson, sir, how are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you again. Good good New Year, good Christmas, good holidays. Everything going well for you and yours? Well, we're hanging in there. It's a tough time. Obviously, there are a lot of people sick across the state, and a lot of people are struggling financially. I'm very grateful that so far my my immediate family has been healthy. I've had some extended family got COVID, but, but... we're all making 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 the best of things, and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm lucky uh, to have a good job and a good family around me and have my health. So I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking, Lee. Oh, very good. Uh, listen, we don't have some hour long phone call from you between some state official begging them to overturn results or find twelve thousand some odd votes. We don't have a, a coalition of uh, Democrats here in the state of Utah doing all they can to overturn. Uh, the the results here of any election in the state of Utah. Uh, wh- wh- why is that? Why aren't you calling for something like that? <laughs> well, <I've, laughs> I'm trying to try not to be a sore loser, Lee. I, 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 look, I'm 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 proud of how we how we did. Obviously, it's it's very tough to win as a Democrat in the state of Utah. But but I did. Uh, Karina Brown, my lieutenant governor, running mate, and I got more votes. Uh, than any other Democratic candidate for governor in the history of Utah. Obviously, back when uh, Democrats won, got higher vote percentages, but just in total raw numbers, um, we got about, you know, getting close to half a million votes, which is more than the combined total populations. of I think it's about, I looked at it this morning, about 21, 22 counties all across the state, including every man, woman, and child. So I'm, I'm proud of how we did. Uh, we ran a, a hard campaign, but, but, and, and, but also tried to be positive. And part of being positive and having a, a good citizenship is accepting the results and, and trusting the experts and the officials that are doing their best to count the votes. And obviously, uh, Spencer, Governor Cox, I should say, he, he won. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud to support him and wish him the best in his, his, um, uh, his inauguration and, and his, his governorship uh, going forward. What advice would you give the president of the United States currently, the some 12 senators who plan to object on Wednesday when the Electoral College votes comes up for certification, plus the, uh, I believe it's like 140 some odd House members who uh, on the Republican side intend to object as well. What do you say to them? They need to knock it off. They need to stop it. It's uh, it's anti-American. Um You know, in any election, there are going to be a few hiccups along the way. But overwhelmingly, we had a secure election across this country, and uh, they they have not been able to bring forward any evidence of widespread fraud that would change the the outcome of the election. And the courts have uniformly slapped down all all of these these lawsuits. Uh, So continuing to divide the country, uh, uh, turning this into a permanent election using the controversy to, to raise more campaign contributions, 
It's bad for the country. Right now, we need to come together, recognize that there are reasonable people on both sides that want to make progress in our country. We have a lot of challenges right now. Uh, The coronavirus, struggling economic uh, uh, challenges. We need to come together as a country, and and the leaders on the Republican side that are refusing to do that, I believe, uh, are hurting people. So time for that stop. Chris Peterson, uh, listen, our time has expired. I'm sorry. I'd like to continue this conversation, but I thank you for what you've shared, uh, and I wish you the best going into this new year. Looking forward to speaking to you again soon, sir. Hey, thanks so much, Lee. All right, very good. Uh, We're going to take a break right now. Uh, When we return, you heard I mentioned during that conversation there with Chris Peterson that there are now 12-some-odd senators, Republicans in the United States Senate, who intend to object to the certification of the election results, specifically the votes cast by electors within the Electoral College. Who are they and what's their rationale? And what are Utah senators saying about it? I'll share that all with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.